Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. There is a moment of stillness and calm as the final note echoes out from the stage and the room is plunged into darkness, but it doesn't last. Almost immediately, the crowd bursts into a thunderous applause that rivals the volume of the show itself. There are cries for an encore, but before long, the house music kicks back on and the crowd begins to slowly withdraw from the stage, making their way back to the bar or out into the alley. But backstage, in a green room so densely packed with graffiti that the original color of the walls is indeterminable, Elliot Buchanan's evening is just beginning. So Elliot, you're, uh, you're seated backstage here uh, on... on a couch that is just this ragged old couch held together by duct tape and a, and a prayer. And you're, you're chatting with the lead singer of the, uh, the opening band. I think you're this, uh, this club you're playing is an operablum. Whoever's producing the show here has hired on a local band to sort of bring in the, uh, the diehards from the local scene. Uh, so you're chatting with the, the lead singer of Zephyrian Gorge who, uh, who went on before you and got the crowd all warmed up. And her name is, her name is, uh, Lalara. And it's just, it's like Lara, but it's got two L's and you pronounce both of them at the start. <laughs> <laughs> and she's sort of uh, regaling you with um, with their exploits. So they've got the band set up sort of floating in the center of this giant glass sphere. And then the crowd is, is all around the outside because there's no gravity in Prismatia, right? Like you just sort of, whatever you're standing on has its own little gravitational field, but there's no up, there's no down. So everyone's on the inside of this giant glass ball, and then we're right at the heart of it, just sort of floating on these little platforms. And the sun comes up and, and you know, breaks through the diamond shard clouds and sort of refracts through the outside of the... It's it, better than any light show that I've ever seen. Like, it was it was the natural laser... Ah, oh, it, was, it was incredible. That's hands down the coolest show we've ever played. Oh, man, that sounds... That sounds amazing. I mean, what about you guys? You've been on tour for a while now. What's what's the uh, what, what's your highlight? What's the best moment from tour so far? It's the coolest show you guys have done. The coolest show. And don't just say this one because I'm from <laughs> here and you want to suck up to me. Tell me the real coolest show you've done. Uh, the real coolest show. Well, uh, we started off in Null before we actually went around, uh, which means that we really haven't had that much <laughs> experience yet. <laughs> Uh, but there was this um, this one she bar. She gives you like a sympathetic look when you say the word null. She's kind of like, oh, oh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> there was this one bar uh, that we were at, and uh, Michelle and Riku were fine, but I actually had to get fake ID in order to be able to play there. Oh no way! What's what's the drinking age there? Like thirty or something? I don't know. I'm not from there. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's it's eighteen, so I'll be I'll be good in two years, but. Um, I uh, I had to to get fake ID from my cousin who looks a lot like me except with shorter hair. So we uh, we think that the whole idea was that the uh, the picture looks like me with a haircut, um, but because I have so much hair, they just assume that it was uh, that's why I look the way I look and look a little different. Nice, clever, clever psychology. <laughs> um, but halfway through uh, the. <laughs> I don't know if this is a cool story now that I'm telling it out loud. Go on. So anyway, this uh, this bar apparently is really known for being easy to sneak into. So the cops decided to do a raid for uh, 
checking everybody's IDs, and they even checked the band's IDs. And long story short, we got kicked out in the middle of our set. So not exactly the coolest story, but probably the most interesting <laughs> one. No, nah, that's that's cool as hell. You guys breaking the law to play your own show and didn't even get to finish your set before you got busted? That's, that's the kind of thing that'll give you guys a reputation. I mean... Not that you guys need it. You're you're already you came out of the gate with the reputation. <laughs> yeah, I guess we did, didn't we? So let me let me get the story straight here because I've been hearing a lot of things online. And it's hard to tell what's true. How how did this all start? Where did you guys come from, and what is your beef with Ramona Nova? Oh, Ramona Nova is a corporate shill, but we knew this. Oh, we all know this, <laughs> but like the rest of us aren't on our on our hit list like what did what did you do to piss her off so much ah yes uh well me and my friends went to multipalooza you know uh this year and i had a demo tape because i had heard rumblings that ramona nova was starting a new record label and i really wanted to play so i tracked her down and i gave her my tape which she gave to her agent and uh, they liked it. They really liked it, in fact. So much so that they wanted Ramona to sing the song. And they wanted me to sign an NDA. Oh, no way. Yeah. I uh, knew she didn't write her own stuff. She goes on and on about how it's all authenticity and it's all about all about her experience. But I, I knew she was getting ghostwritten. Yeah, which is like, people do that and that's a thing. But here's the kicker. When I said I didn't want to... They refused to give the tape back and threatened to sue me if I tried to claim the song as my own. Oh my god. What what did you do? I mean, I'm assuming you didn't just hand it over. Uh, no. I mean, I mean, they already had it was the thing. They wouldn't give it back. So, uh, my, um, my old friend Chester decided to uh, break into the trailer and find it. <laughs> He's a really sweet guy. Uh, kind of a, well... He, he thinks about things differently. Let's just put it that way. I know some people like that. <laughs> um, but not only did he get the tape back, he also discovered that there was a last minute cancellation in the lineup. Uh, Petey probably was supposed to go on, but he got picked up by rescue right at the gates of the festival. So, yeah, I heard about that. No one's seen him since then. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really don't know. Like I, He's been really quiet on my page, too, so that probably doesn't even have his phone. Man, whatever he did, it must have been something something rough. Yeah. Anyway, there was about half an hour of empty stage. And I was backstage, and that's where I met Michelle and Riku, who were with Elvira Entwistle at the time. And they also hate Ramona Nova, because we all do. And they decided that it would be excellent to help me piss her off. So they convinced the sound guy to give me the stage for one song. And that's where the name of our band comes from, because that song was about Paula the Ape Woman. Wow, badass. He has snuck your way onto stage at the, the biggest interdimensional music festival in, in the multiverse. That's that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. And look at you making enemies left and right. You got Ramona Nova breathing down your neck. You got Michelle and Riku's old band. I mean, their, their lead singer can't be too happy that you walked away with her entire back line. Like, that's... The way I understand it, she left them. But anyway. Well, and let's not forget about you said you were there with with what Chester was it? Is that an old old band member or ex-boyfriend or what are we dealing with there? 
<laughs> Sorry, uh, Chester's great. I'm just very gay. Oh, respect. Yeah, no, nah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm actually uh, currently seeing a wonderful young woman named Devani, who... Uh, Ooh, a wonderful young woman, is she? <laughs> she sounds very upstanding. Oh, uh, yeah, believe me, she's not. She also sneaks into other dimensions and gets up to shenanigans, and and she's the coolest. Um <laughs> She actually had to pick us up at the bar after we got thrown out because they uh, didn't want us driving. Oh, man, that's any any partner who will pick you up after you get tossed out of a bar as a keeper, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. So then what's the deal with this Chester? Oh, uh, Chester is with the crew I ran with when we did sled blasting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing you guys. You're the, the weird kids or whatever, right? <laughs> weird gravity is um right right is the name yeah i i i took a break so that we could do this tour and um i don't know man like we just were always fighting and and jumping down each other's throats over over things that didn't really matter and and i always felt like i was just along for the ride you know yeah i've been in situations like that before and I don't know, it's just about finding the right people, I think. I mean, when, you know, when we go off on tour, we've been out a few times now, and, and yeah, we're at each other's throats the whole time. We're ready to tear each other's heads off by the end of it. But, you know, deep down, we all know how we feel, and, and we, we can take some time and cool off. And it's usually about a month after tour before any of us even so much as text each other. But eventually, we all get back into it, and practice starts up, and and we and we get through. But but you got to have the right people for that. I mean, if it's it's not the right crew for you, then I think deep down you just kind of know it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I uh I guess you do. So wait, you said you were at this year's multiple loser. Does that mean you got to see Wife of Bath? Yeah, they rocked. Oh my god. Oh man. I saw them <laughs> at a at a crumbling rundown castle in the waking pits in the middle of an acid storm it was unreal i have to tell you all about it uh, and she continues to ramble on about this incredible show she saw in the waking pits several years back and you guys chatted up for the rest of the evening It's another frosty morning in Hillview, and the hoarfrost on the trees sparkles in the headlights of passing cars. The sun rises late and sets early at this time of year, and the darkness that hangs over the town extends into the halls of Hillview Secondary. It's the middle of winter break, and the school windows are all dark, save for one, the narrow, semi-obscured window of Mr. Patterchuk's <laughs> office. Uh, so, Angus, you find yourself, uh, you've agreed to meet with Mr. Patterchuk here today, uh, taking time out of your precious winter break. And I think you're, he's in the middle of, of sort of ranting and, and raving to you. And it's like, all right, Mr. Mister Franklin, I want straight answers this time. I've been meeting with you every week and trying to get some, some intel as we discussed. And, and so far, all of your tips have turned out to be bogus. You told me about the, the, the hip slug blaster hangout in that church basement. And I ended up having to sit through an entire timeshare pitch. That's an evening I'll never get back. He told me about uh, the crew that was setting up in that uh, abandoned warehouse. That almost got me arrested for trespassing. And let's not forget about the thin zone in the middle of Magpie Lake. That ice is not 
thick enough to support my weight yet. It's it's just not quite cold enough there. That was a that was an unpleasant experience. So I want to know for real this time what's really going on. Okay, I want I want actual intel that I can use, or we're gonna have to revisit our arrangement here. You don't want me going back to your to your mom or to rescue. Uh, now tell me what's really going on. Why well, I. I... I swear, Mr. Patterchuk, I, I could have sworn that was all legitimate intel. You know, these uh, these kids who are doing slug blasting, they're really crafty and sneaky and cunning. And maybe you just didn't quite get there at the right time. And, and you know, they're covering their tracks really, really well. I, I don't buy us for a second. No, no, no. I, you're yanking my chain here, and I only got so much chain left to yank, so... Do you really think I want to get homeschooled again? I, I know you don't, and that's why I'm telling you, you need to respect my time and and the the effort that I'm putting in here to, to keep you and your fellow students safe. So let's let's take it right back to the beginning, okay? That... that uh, nice agent from the uh, from the rescue facility. He, he had that picture of you, or you you and your little friends there. You were breaking into their their facility. So let's start with that. What happened that night? What was what was going on there? Why were you in a top secret rescue facility where you weren't supposed to be? Well, Patterchuk has been going on about uh, uh, respecting his time. Angus did just one heel tap. Uh, so he heard that whole speech at a slightly accelerated rate, just to, you know, keep it moving. Um, he really has a lot of respect for Mr. Patterchuk's time. Um, <laughs> he subtly taps his toe to bring everything back to normal speed. And he says, all right, you got me. You know that I was there. You have that information. You could bring it to my mom at any time. So, yeah, yeah. I guess I better come clean about what happened at the rescue facility. Now, what Patterchuk doesn't know is that you have already come clean to your mom. Your mom has uh, has already been told exactly what happened there. Um, so he doesn't really have any have the leverage over you here that he thinks he does. You've kind of already taken care of that end of things. But I think it's advantageous just for Angus at this moment for Patterchuk to think he's got something on you. Um, so let's hear Angus spin this tale. Yeah, so the original tale is that, you know, rescued, apprehended Angus and Chester and Thenispar and uh, took away their signature devices. So it was very much a heist to get that stuff back. But uh, Angus is looking down humbly at his hands resting on his lap. He takes a deep breath and he looks Patterchuck in the eye and he says, I got intel that Drow was trying to clone slug blasters. <laughs> what? Now, hang on just a second. And he, I know, uh, I know, it sounds ridiculous, but we needed to be sure. I mean, why, right? Why would Drow try to, like, why would Drow try to clone teens? It's terrifying. So we needed to make sure. These are some pretty serious accusations you're throwing around here. Some some, some very serious allegations. How... Uh, why Why should I believe you this time after everything else you've told me turned out to be a bust? This might just be you spinning another one of your tall tales. Uh, and he's looking at you skeptically, but he's also, like, picked up a yellow, like, lined pad of paper. And he's got a pen in his hand, and he's, like, <laughs> ready to start taking notes. But he, he's he's looking like he might need to be convinced a little bit. All right, so first of all, 
I'll tell you this, but man, you need to know that I worry about you, Patterchuck, and Angus places a hand over his heart. He's like, you need to just promise that you're going to be safe if you do this. We needed a way to get into Drow, or into the rescue facility. So we went through the sewers. We thought that it would be safe. But, and I'm not joking, Patterchuck, we found a giant psionic eel in the sewers. I almost drowned. I still have not gotten the sewer smell out of those clothes. I just don't wear them anymore. Uh, you, don't, you don't think that that came from the, the drow facility. I mean, they, they're, they're a respectable private business. I, I can't imagine that they'd just be dumping their refuse into the sewers. That goes against everything they stand for. Angus holds his hands up. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. It was in the sewers directly under the rescue facility. And you know that that facility is kind of a little bit isolated, you know? It's a few minutes away from anything in this town. Uh, he, he's still looking at you with that same skeptical look, but he's, he's diligently jotting everything down here. All right, so you, you, you ran across the psionic eel. How, how exactly did you get past this, th- this thing if it was so, so intimidating and, and, and scary? What, 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 you guys do? It was a, a, a psionic eel, right? It, it kind of gets in your head. So we decided to try to get into its head. Because we, you know, we don't mess with that slug blaster stuff, my friends and I, right? We're just trying to do right by our community, the community of Hillview. But our friend Elliot, she's a musician. Really, really good musician. Look up Supernova if you haven't already, by the way. It's, it really is like a jam. She had her guitar, and uh, she played uh, a song, a a soothing lullaby, and it calmed down the psionic eel and and made it disappear, go away. It made it uh, turn around and swim away. You expect me to believe that you you calmed a a massive monster in the sewers below the city with with your your little music, playing guitar, and, and that was enough to... To make your way past some kind of horrible creature, and and he's like trying to maintain his skepticism as best he can, but he's writing it all down furiously, and he's like, all, all right. Hey, you're not gonna you're not gonna slight my friend here, okay? Elliot's a damn good musician. I, I didn't mean to to call into question. Uh, never mind, it's not important. Listen, once you got into the into the facility, had what, what's all this about clones? What are you what are you what are you on about there? Takes a deep breath, clasps his hands in front of him. So he came up through the basement. We got up the stairwell, and we got into the holding cells, and there they were. It was like looking in a mirror, only there wasn't a mirror. And they were all slightly different, like like if you took reality and just like tweaked it just a little bit. I guess they didn't quite get their formulas right. But there I was, again and again and again, and my friends, Nick, Wake, Chester, all there. So we opened up the holding cells, and we let them all go. We let them all run free throughout the rescue facility. We weren't going to let them carry out their plans, whatever their plans were. I think throughout all of this, Patterchuk has been scribbling on his on his yellow pad there, and I was like, "Oh, hang on, wait. They they had clones of of you and your friends, but you said you're not you're not the ones doing the slug blast. But why would they have clones of you if you're not? And where did they get? Hang on, no, this doesn't this doesn't make a lick of sense." Maybe they see something in us that we don't see in ourselves, huh? What do you think of that? <laughs> what, but what, what would they need a bunch of 
A bunch of clones for? What do you, what what could they possibly be planning? Hmm. I mean, all we really found were the clones, but uh boy, if I had to speculate and guess on what they could possibly be planning, uh boy, maybe they want to have an army of slug blasters. But why would they want to do that unless unless they were going to go into another dimension and and take it over. My god. This is bigger than just the school, bigger than the teens. Oh, this goes all the way to the top. I don't know how I didn't see it before. Well, you still <laughs> have that picture of me, right, Patterchuck? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. I got it I got it right here. Pulls out a crumpled printout from the security feed. Look. And right behind the the very clear image of I I'm going to say the original Angus. Yeah, wearing like a black toque and a black long sleeve shirt. Uh, Angus points in the background, um, and it's pretty small and kind of blurry. But there's another Angus right behind him, uh, wearing like a ball cap and glasses. Oh my god! The proof was right there under your nose the whole time. Now, Mister Franklin, I'm I'm warning you. If this turns out to be another one of your Another one of your little schemes to make me run around and, and, and chase after some lead that doesn't pan out. Oh, good, good, good. This is the last time, all right? This is the <laughs> final straw. But if what you're saying here is true, then well, I think this is bigger than, than even I could have ever imagined. I'm glad that I could tell you this, Mr. Patterchuk. You're the only person I trust with this information. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't, don't go, don't go telling anybody else about this. It's, uh... Your safety might be in jeopardy here. Best to keep it under wraps. I'll I'll look into this. You can count on me. Angus makes a zipper motion across his lips. Uh, then uh, after a moment, he he says, "Hey, um, kind of unrelated to all of this. Like, school's out for the semester. Um, has my mom scheduled any other uh meetings?" Ah. That is curious. Now that you mention it, I she used to call in every other week to check up on you, but I haven't heard from her since well before the break, since well I'm back before back before town day. That is curious. Should I should I give her a call and check in, do you think? Or uh, I mean, unless you want her to schedule a meeting with you every week to discuss my progress. Yeah, no no, per- perhaps not. Perhaps you're right. It's better better to leave well enough alone there. That's uh been nice to have my Saturdays back. Now I'll, I'll, uh, I'm sure everything's fine. But I'll look into this matter for you, and, and, and I'll let you know what I find out. And you, you keep your ear to the ground, and if you hear any, any more hot tips, you, you bring them directly to me, alright? Yes, sir. I think maybe Angus gets up at that point to, to make his way out and, uh, try and, uh, you know, make the best of what's left of his, uh, of his winter break here when, uh, Patter chuckles. Hey, hang on now, now. That was that was the uh, the slug blaster meeting over and done with. But we still got to talk about your about your biology grades here. Hang, hang on a second. And he waves you back in, and Angus is once again trapped talking to Patter <laughs> with no escape in sight. It's 
Christmas Eve and there is an electricity in the air at the Marsden household, which is full of even more Marsdens than usual, which is honestly a feat. Aunts, uncles, nieces, and nephews gather in the living room, the den, the lounge, the garage, anywhere there can be people drinking eggnog and carrying on loudly, there are. Despite the crowded nature of the house, Lake has managed to find a small bit of respite in the basement. There, seated on an ugly, overstuffed sofa that her mom has tried unsuccessfully to donate for years now, Lake Marsden regales her grandmother with her latest adventures. Well, that's so good to see you, Lakey. It's, it's been so long. I, I feel like oh, you've grown so much since I last saw you. Not to mention all the all the swirly colors and whatnot. It's, it's, a, it's a bold choice. I'll give you that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, thank you, Grandma Marsden. I'm so excited to see you too. Oh, and she like runs up and gives her a big hug, like in the in the <laughs> chair. Thank you again for the the um the reality canon last Christmas. Oh boy, I've gotten I've gotten so much use out of it over the last year. It is truly like the best Christmas present I have ever been given. Ah, oh, don't worry about it, there, Lakey. That's that's all good. I just I like to see you happy. That's all I care about. I hope it's not getting you into too much trouble with your mom there. Well, you you know how she can be. She's she's a bit of a stick in the mud sometimes but you know like i, I love her and and everything but yeah it, it definitely has been a bit of a, a, a friction between her and i over the last year that's for sure uh what is that what does a girl your age need a reality canon for exactly what's uh what are you kids uh up to these days what's what's the what's the latest trend well, I mean, I've been I've been going all over with my crew. We we call ourselves Weird Gravity and we we you know, hop on our hoverboards. We each have our, you know, reality cannons or or something like it and and we go off into to to different dimensions to to slug blast. I I always think of you and how you, you know, flew all over the globe for water polo when you were younger and I uh, just trying to trying to keep the Marsden spirit That's alive. Right. Brought home the silver for for our country. Now then pride of pride of Alberta. That's that's your grandma. Um, yeah, so, so, like, very much inspired by you, we, we, we go to different dimensions, and we just, like, try to do cool stunts and tricks, and skate around, and see what kind of new experiences we could have, and I, I don't know, I don't know what my mom's problem with it is so much, she's, she's really, she's really on my case about where I'm going and what I'm doing, but I, it's always fun and exciting, It very rarely do things go wrong, well, except for when they do, like. That sounds like not much has, has changed since my day, moms are always on your case, and. Kids are always trying to stay one step ahead. That sounds just like the good old days. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we've we've been all over. I mean, we we've been to this weird plane called Vestige, where it was all like gray and run down. I we went we spent Halloween in like a gothic dimension and got met like a, a king bat. Uh, uh, that was wild. Um, but honestly, the I guess just mom's mom's worried about me, and and maybe maybe she has has cause to. I mean, and then she like gestures to her her glitch and. Also, actually, one of the one of the funniest runs we we went on was to this this place called Thenaspar. You might have you might have heard about on the news. Oh uh, yeah, wasn't your 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 mom was doing some something with her little group over there? They they went over to try and teach the kids about Jesus or whatever it is she's up to. I I don't pay a lot of attention. What what was that all about? <laughs> yeah, this is this is of course Grandma Marsden. So her 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 dad's mom, not her mom's mom, and. uh She's like, oh well, the, yeah. The, the doorways is an organization that just hates slug blasting and really want wants to kill everyone's vibe. And so, my my crew and I went there to to try to mess with uh, a, a doorways event that was happening in the dimension of Thenaspar, trying to ruin the fun of Thenaspar kids, Thenaspartian children and and teens. And uh, wouldn't you know it, my my mom was there, which makes her a total hypocrite. 
Like, she tells me I'm not allowed to go to other dimensions, and then there she is, narking and, and buzz-killing other people in other dimensions. It's like it's like someone telling you not to drink and drive while they're downing a 40 on the highway. It's it's absurd. <laughs> well, your your mom, she's always had some sort of a, a little pet project or a cause she's championing. It's 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 been her thing ever since I, I remember ever <laughs> since her and your father first met, she's always had had some crusade that she's on, but but she always moves on eventually. She she tires herself out and and finds something new to be mad about. So you just you you just gotta wait her out, I think, and and eventually she'll find something else to to be a stick in the mud over. I I, I hope you're right, but I mean we did did to sort of turn the situation around. You see, my all of my friends just oh man they're crazy. Like uh, Elliot was playing her songs, and and Chester was uh, um. I, I forget exactly what happened, but he was, like, stung by bees or something and then got, like, a bump on his head like a horn and he called himself Super Satan and that really cheesed off these guys called the Arborists. It was it was, it was was a riot and I I didn't realize she was in Thenispar until I accidentally, uh, um, and then she sort of, like, sheepishly, like, points, you know, looks down and, like, points her two index fingers together. I, I, I blasted her with, with my reality cannon and, and got her all wet with, like, pink multicolored water in front of everybody. But... That's okay, cause you know she was okay, and and I I we had a good moment together, and then uh, I I just made sure mom was okay, and then and then snuck away with a popsicle. Yeah, I think uh, upon mentioning that you you blasted your mom with the cannon, your your grandma you know gets a look of concern for a moment, but then as you sort of describe the aftermath, she just bursts out laughing. <laughs> it's like you you <laughs> let her up with the thing and got her all wet. Oh boy, I would have I would have paid good money to see that. I tell you, who. Oh. She's okay though, right? She's all she's all good. Uh, and I think at this moment, like she comes around the corner with a tray of cookies, and it's like, yeah, she she's fine. Ah, that's hilarious. Hi, mom. <laughs> These cookies smell nice. And then, like her, yeah, her and her grandma sort of share like a knowing look, like a little secret. And uh, <laughs> yeah, she she uh, enjoys you know talks about school and how she's met this cute boy named Angus on her crew, and that's that's going really well, and she gets, like, she's just excited to tell her grandma about all the things, because, uh, you know, like, Lake's whole bit is, you know, the, the unseen middle child who is now very seen because of the glitch, and, uh, yeah, Grandma Marsden just has a way of making everybody feel very seen. So. Uh, hang on a sec there, Lakey. Uh, what, what's this about a boy in your in your class? Is that, tell, tell me more about this. Yeah, his his name's Angus. He's in my slug blasting crew, and, and, uh, actually, just just a couple weeks ago, we were we're officially boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, Lakey, you got to be careful with this kind of stuff. This is you know, from from the sound of things, I I, I don't know a lot about this this slug busting or whatever it is you're doing, but <laughs> I did it's some sort of a gang you're in. I'm gathering, but it also sounds vaguely athletic. And, and if this is if this is what you're passionate about and this is what you're deciding to pursue, you got to make sure that. That some boy doesn't doesn't distract you and get your eye. I, I would have if I had gone out on every date with uh, T- T- Trenton Hutcherson back in in senior <laughs> high and instead of instead of doing my early morning practices, I never would have brought home the silver medal for Alberta. I know that it's for Canada, but it's, it's Alberta in my heart. <laughs> I, that's that's sound advice, Grandma. I, I I'll. I'll take it to heart. You got to keep your eyes on the prize, Lakey. Always on the prize. That, that's that's probably true and fair, but I, I Angus, Angus is pretty special. But th- thanks. All right, I just I just don't want to see you getting hurt. You know, you, there's plenty of time for boys and and romance later on, but the, you're only going to have one shot at that silver medal. 
and then you gotta you gotta give it everything you got. I don't know why she's not trying to uh, motivate you to go for gold. But I love it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Lake Jima, you want any refills on that eggnog? Oh, thanks, Camry. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Well, Dad's just about done with the turkey, so head on up soon. Okay. I think with that, you and you and your grandma relocate back out. You kind of take a deep breath and like, all right, steal yourselves to re-enter the crowded main floor with all the cousins and aunts and uncles and etc. And uh, and you make your way up to join for the big dinner. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope your holiday downtime phase treated you well and that you got a chance to rest and clear all your slam boxes. Uh, obviously, we're trying something a little different with this episode as we wanted to give ourselves a, a bit of a break as well. Uh, but we didn't want to miss an update, so we hope you enjoy this little interlude. We're uh, we're all really happy with how it turned out, uh, and I think it's a nice chance to sort of reflect on the season thus far, check in with all our characters, and recap a bit before we head into the remainder of Season 1, because things are likely about to get very exciting very quickly here. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening and sharing the podcast with friends. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow us for new episode updates, memes, audiograms, and more. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews, outtakes, and lots more. I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we're proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who have just a ton of amazing, wonderful, locally made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Uh, we release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so we'll be starting a brand new adventure and continuing on with Season 1 on Wednesday, January 19th. And we're going to get you right back to the action here, but first I'd like to throw it over to Lake's Grandma for some quick words from our sponsors. Ah, hey there, it's uh, Grandma Marsden here. You can just call me Grandma, and I got a few quick words from our sponsors. First up, this episode was brought to you by Boys and Girls Clubs, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Edmonton and Area. Did you know that you have a superpower? No, we're not talking about flying or reading minds, although those would be pretty cool to have. Uh, no, you have the incredible ability to help young people see their own superpowers. Boys and Girls Clubs and Big Brothers Big Sisters of Edmonton and area, also called BGC Bigs, needs you now. Consider sharing your time with a young person. They want to hear your stories. Maybe you got an inspiring tale of a time you, you triumphed over adversity or held out against the odds. Maybe you got an inspiring story about how you brought home the silver for your nation. Either way, they want to hear them. Over the past year, BGC Biggs has heard from young people that having a mentor means they are less likely to have anxiety or feel isolated or struggle with their mental health. But there are over 600 plus young people waiting for a mentor in their lives today. Explore how you can get involved and watch our community change one life at a time. There is currently a need for mentors in Big Brothers Big Sisters or Big Siblings program, uh, in school for our youth and care program, and for the new PRISM program supporting 2SLGBTQ plus young people. Uh, there is also a need for uh, virtual tutors who can support young people as they transition back to school and are dealing with the learning loss over the past two years. Join BGC Biggs for a virtual coffee or apply now at bgcbigs.ca. That's B-G-C-B-I-G-S dot C-A. Or Google BGC Biggs Edmonton. Your priority, their future. This episode was also brought to you by the Well-Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. It's hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink, produced by Lisa Pruden. Uh, the Well-Endowed Podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. 
The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds, and the podcast tells the story of how these endowments intersect with the community. The other thing that we honored, I think, in terms of community feedback was the the consultation engagement we did with Indigenous communities. There was a need identified for a cultural space, space to explore Indigenous language and identity. So we consulted with uh, members of the community and then also elders and knowledge keepers in the community to construct and design something called Thunderbird House or Piasua Skygen. Subscribe at thewellendowedpodcast.com. That's thewellendowedpodcast.com. I've sometimes thought of starting a podcast. Seems like I could uh, share a lot of my wisdom with the folks. Maybe talk about, uh, you know, recipes or, or uh, you know, my, my quilting. I do a lot of quilting. I could give some quilting tips. Maybe I could talk about the time I brought home the silver for Alberta, the pride of my province and my nation. I don't know, I'm just spitballing. There's a lot of things I could bring to the table. All right, let's get you back to the action. final hour of the final working day of the final month of the year, and Ms. Spilch, the head librarian at the Hillview Public Library, just wants to lock up and head home for a well-earned Christmas break, secure in the knowledge that the only other person she'll have to interact with for the next two weeks is her pet chinchilla Maurice. But there remains one thing standing in her way. Well, two things, actually. Nick Lowe and Juniper Jenkins, who have been here all day embroiled in a secret project. Look, Juniper, I don't think we've made any headway. We've been here since they opened. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's just a matter of, uh, we, we're close here, but there's just some connection isn't quite, l- let me just try soldering one more connection here. It's it's really handy that they have all these these tools available for loan here. It's I, I my, my soldering iron at home isn't, isn't nearly this precise. Hang on, just one, one sec. You came very highly recommended from Chester Juniper. I, I'm just saying, I don't, I, I expected more from my academic rival, honestly. <laughs> I think as you're saying that, she sort of presses the soldering iron and a, and a little, little puff of smoke comes up and the, the connection is formed. She's like triumphantly reaches over, plugs the uh, power cable into the wall uh, and the screen of this computer that the two of you have been working on all day illuminates in a, in a dull, dark green hue. Never mind, I take it all back. You do deserve to be captain of the debate team. <laughs> I, I'm a little insulted that you doubted me, but, um, well, the, the important thing is that it's working and, and, and we can do, um, what, well, whatever it is we're, we're doing here. You still haven't really told me a lot. You just said you needed help getting this thing running, but, but what exactly is this thing? Well, it's, it, it's, it's an old laptop that well, technically, I guess it's a drow system, but well, I think it's my dad's old computer. Whoa. Where, where did this come from? I mean, that. If, if it's drought technology, this has got to be pretty heavy-duty stuff and, and pretty top secret. Where, How did you get your hands on it? Well, the last time that I saw it was, well, like, years and years ago. My my dad packed it up on, on the day that he, well, the day that he left the house and drove off. And I, let's just say I, I hadn't seen it for quite a while. But it came back around into my life from, well, from... From a member of the Arborists, if, if you remember them from from the whole kerfuffle on Town Day. Yeah, she gets kind of a, uh, a distant 
far away look in her eye for a second, but she she shakes it off and she's like, yeah, yeah, I remember those guys were uh, frightening. Um, but wait, they they gave you your dad's old computer? Well, one Aren't of they them really did. mad we... at you guys. Chester Chester said that like they're they're after you. That you you know you you met them in Thanispar and you met them in in the Golden Jungle, and it seems like every time you run into them, they all they want to do is is get in your way. What? Why are they giving you computers? We've had a lot of run-ins with them, and yeah, honestly, it's not. It hasn't been the the most uh, the the most friendly relationship. But th- there's this one member who he, they they keep giving me. It feels like hints. They drop things. They 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 mention mention things. Uh, the first time it happened was actually in the Golden Jungle. We were there. We were supposed to be running this big collab run with. Uh, with Jack Collective, I, there was a whole blooming of the turbodendron during it, but it turned out that was on this happening at the same time as a planar eclipse, and both the Golden Jungle and Calorium began to fuse together, and really that whole situation was something that we shouldn't have stuck around for, but... Do you know Scott Parsible? Oh, yeah, he's, uh, really, really mean to me all the time. Yeah, I know Scott Parsifal. <laughs> yeah, same to me. He's mean to everyone. I don't understand why anybody likes him, but he is, he is, he's there, and he showed up at the Golden Jungle with Jason and Kabir. Apparently, they all joined together. He he was their newest member of Subsonic Sentinel. It, it was a whole thing. I I don't understand the politics of that. never made sense to me, because if they wanted to sound impressive, wouldn't they want to be Supersonic Sentinel? Like, Subsonic is slower than Supersonic, so why would they... I don't think any of them understand what prefixes are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, you were telling a story. Oh, yeah, no, you made a very valid point, though, and I appreciate your observation. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to get out of the Golden Jungle. We were just going to ditch the whole Turbodendron thing, but but Subsonic Sentinel showed up and... Well, Parsible just started calling out things about how my dad went missing and, and, and stuff. And it, he was saying all these things that were just rumors and untrue. And it, it, it really burned me. And I ended up, I ended up running off from the rest of the crew. And I went to go find the Turbodendron because I wanted to prove that Weird Gravity was, was a real crew that was, was worth taking notice of. And I caused a whole lot of trouble there. I had to, try and get through essentially there was a big swamp but calorium was phasing through into the golden jungle and it became like a boiling swamp which is not really the kind of thing you want to have happen to a swamp ever uh not only that there was also a a giant phase dragon there and i had to ride it and i stabbed it with my sword and i kind of like joysticked it around it was it was a whole thing and juniper is looking at you wide-eyed through all of this and is like sometimes when you and Chester tell me about the things you do, I have a moment where I remember that that this is stuff that happened to real people that I know, and I just... I, I, I don't know how you guys deal with this stuff. It sounds terrifying. Oh, well, it kind of is, but that's all part of the adventure. If, if there aren't death-defying stakes to it, well, what's the point of going out and, and proving that, that the barriers can be broken? I mean, I guess... To make progress, you do have to to break some barriers, but just wish it wasn't people I cared about doing the doing the breaking. Anyway, so so you ran into the arborists, and and where did where does this 
computer come into play? Well, after the arborists showed up and they were holding a whole thing around the turbodendron, the whole aspect of their their faction is that they're sort of focused in on on the branching of the time stream if there are alternate realities. And I guess something about both the turbodendron blooming and a planar eclipse happening at the same time kind of falls into their jurisdiction in a weird way. So we found them there and they'd captured Jason and Kabir. So we had to free them, beat them up. There was a whole thing with hyper hornets, a lot of stuff, you know, typical golden jungle as it is. But as we were leaving, this one arborist mentioned the word equinox. And I remembered that as something that my dad was working on on this computer on that very day that he that he left. There was a project equinox he was working on and somehow the arborist knew about it. And then later on town day, after we got rid of that anomaly and cleared everything up there, the same arborist came and he passed me an orb and once I, I opened up the orb and activated it, there was like a, 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 null, a null space locker. And inside of it was this laptop. And I think uh, over the course of telling this story, the uh, the computer has finished booting up. And it, it is a very, very old system. It's it's your dad's from who knows how long ago. Um, so it's, it's not the uh, the shiniest new machine. It's it's not the latest 1999 technology or anything. Um <laughs> But it's, uh, it's it's no compact Persario. It's an older unit. Um, that's, a, that's a weird pull for an old computer. Anyway, but uh, yeah, the the screen is is uh, glowing that faint sort of dull green, and there's a uh, a single line of text that just says input password, and then a blinking cursor. Um, and Juniper kind of looks over to you after you finish this whole story, and and looks at you expectantly. Well, I think. The answers will be somewhere in here. The answers to all the questions that I have. And Juniper, I, I really appreciate you coming in. I don't, I don't know that I would have gotten even to this password login without your help. And no matter how much wild stuff that Weird Gravity gets up to out in other dimensions, it still feels like this is the biggest journey that I've been on, and I have so much further to go. Honestly, I'm, I'm happy to help, but. I hate to ask, but if you, if you do want to return the favor, can you... Never mind, it's it's nothing. I'm, I'm happy to help. No, 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 no. What, what is it? I just... I get so worried and... Keep an eye on Chester for me while you're out there doing all the all the things you do. I I, I would do it myself, but I, I'm... I'm not built for that kind of thing. But it would just help to know that, that someone's looking after him. You know? Chester saved me and had my back on more occasions than I can count. I'm constantly working to repay that debt to him. I know I know how you feel. He, he's done the same thing for me, and sometimes I, I worry that he's going to be so busy saving everyone else that, that he forgets to look out for himself. Anyway, I'm, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure it's fine. I, I, I shouldn't have brought it up. No, no, no. It's... It's important to mention these things to the people that you care about. And I will do everything within my power to make sure Chester makes it home safely. No matter where we go, what dimension, what we're facing up against, I will make sure he stays strong. And then a librarian like shushes me because I'm just yelling in this library. <laughs> we closed five minutes ago. You need to leave. Oh, uh, we, we should return these soldering irons and, and pack up then. 
Hillview is the kind of town where most businesses close down for a generous portion of the holidays. Families stock up on groceries and other essentials early, knowing that once late December hits, they can't necessarily count on anywhere to be open. However, there is one local institution that stands in contrast to this, the Hillview Video Hut. Secure in the knowledge that people will always, always have a need for VHS tape rentals at competitive prices, their neon open sign burns bright throughout the entirety of the holidays. Which is lucky, as it provides Angus Franklin a perfect place to gather his friends Nick and Lake to present an important discovery. Okay, so this has been just the highlight of... I, I, I mean, I've only listened to a few seconds of this, but this I can tell this is going to be the highlight of my winter break. And so I needed to share this gift in the spirit of Christmas and charity and uh, peace and love to my good friends, you, right here, right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Can I, can I see what is... Is it on that tape? It's on this tape. And Angus holds up a cassette tape with a piece of uh, masking tape along the front that is labeled in Sharpie, uh, and it just says, Chester's Groove Station, December 99. And Angus is grinning. Um, Chew, just give me a sec. Uh, Nick pops down behind the counter, and he pops back up, and he's got a, he's got like a boombox. It's a combination CD tape player one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I think Lake assumes this is like a mixtape that Chester made for you. We'll find out what it is, but that's sort of her assumption. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead, Angus. Pop her in and <laughs> let's see what Chester's grooving to. <laughs> uh, Angus uh, puts it in and presses play. And that was Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Uh, once again, apologies uh, for the quality of recording. Uh, I was recording this off the radio, and the DJ was speaking over the opening guitar solo, and it kind of ruined it, but this is the best I got. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, th- I think people, when people think of this song, and they, Wait, they hear Chet- it... Chester I doing commentary over that was a pretty good song. music? Yeah, it seems yeah, like a radio DJ uh, thing. Welcome it's back Chester's to uh, Chester's Groove Station. <gasps> Uh, long-time so, listeners of uh, of this cassette show will know that I, I've <laughs> been uh, trying to come up with uh, a better name than cassette show. Uh, this is not a radio show, as you know, but but I was thinking, uh, you know, this could really take off. Could you just imagine somebody's that, you know, you record the show and then uh, people don't have to listen to it live on the radio, which is at a very specific time and it's to everybody. Instead, it could just be uh, broadcast to just one person or maybe like a small group of people, like a pod, right? So it'd be like a broadcast <laughs> for a pod, right? So that's why I'm going to call it a PCAST uh, because it's a No, pod Chester, is, no, no, um, no, Chester. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't know. I might have to go back to the drawing board. Now, okay, I see. The name I'm is right there, the buddy. The name okay, is right well, there. Um, pod broad? Now it's time for the show, part of the show, uh, that is called the mailbag. Uh, I, of course, got questions here from uh, listeners, and, and of course, uh, there aren't any listeners, but I'm going to imagine what a, a likely question from uh, an audience member would be, and because uh, everybody wants to know what's going on with my slug blasting. The que- Oh, here's the question. Um, <clears throat> uh, hey, Chester, could you tell us about the Waking Pits run? It was kind of weird, uh, and what was happening there? Good question. I appreciate it. Well, it, it, the Waking Pits was a kind of a strange run, and it, but it was a very exciting time for me because um, 
this is soon after uh, I, I had, uh, you know, taken a little bit of the turbodendron uh, nectar. And it was during this time when I was like really excited. You know, I've been really working really hard on my school and then things started to make sense. And I'm not sure if it's caused by the nectar, but the nectar seemed to really help. It gave me a lot of focus, it seemed like. And I was able to see into the greater cosmos. You know, like I, I just imagined the multiverse is like a, a cheesesteak. Which, of course, I have gone into great detail before. Uh, Angus on, nods on, on along sagely. And, uh, of course, it was a, an exciting time when I was able to figure out a way into the waking pits. And I was just like, you know, all this studying's really paying off, you know. And, and, we were, it, and it worked. Uh, we were able to, uh, you know, get up to uh, 141 kilometers per hour in order to break through into uh, another dimension, into the waking pits from Null. It's never been done before. And I was, you know, I was really proud. Nick and I were working together. It was, it was great. But, of course, something happened in the waking pits. After we had our fantastic uh, stream that everybody really liked, um, this acid rain started coming down and it started, uh, you know, started wrecking my shoes, uh, which already have holes in the bottom of them. And I was, uh, and I, was like, I really hope I Santa brings that guy a new into, pair of shoes for Christmas. Uh, shelter and, he and deserves it. Went into this yeah, mansion. I was going to say, do we want to like pitch and, and, and of get course, him some shoes? When we were inside, oh, sh- we're I was looking some. around and then suddenly all these moths started coming in. And before you know it, I, I was unconscious. I was like in this like weird trance I, I didn't know what was fully going on now apparently and i wish i could see this apparently uh myself and lake we were like so, this evil mansion made clones of us and and we're pretending to be us and we're going to try to i don't know do something bad to our friends and and uh fortunately we were rescued by 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 our friends and i came out and I realized I didn't have my armor, and there I saw myself wearing my own armor. And I knew that this is going to be the greatest fight I was going to have. Fighting yourself, you can't, that's, a, that's the most even match you can have. And of course, I was in there, I was swinging, and I was swinging, and it swung back. I, I, I guess you can't really see it. I, I keep forgetting that this is an audio format. Um, <laughs> but, uh, trust me, it looked great. And we got out of there. We got back from the waking pits, and it was, uh, it worked out in the end. It, it got us such great feedback. I felt great. I was like, you know, I'm really catching on to this slug blasting. Um, but, you know, listener, I, I, I've, got, I, I've been trying to keep working uh, on my science like I had been, and... You know, sure, I, I was able to figure out force fields. Because what is a force field but a shield made out of energy, light, and gravity? It's pretty basic is what I thought. <laughs> but then, I don't know, it's been getting tough over the last little while. I, things don't make as much sense anymore. I, I was going to make this great ranged weapon uh, that, you know, I can shoot like an arc uh, arc of lightning at a distance, it, but I couldn't figure it out. So I wound up just taping a bunch of softballs to my armor, <laughs> and that—that th- that was what I could figure out. And you know, listener, I'm starting to think that it was really that nectar that gave me all those smarts. It wasn't me that 
it wasn't my hard work paying off. Aww. And and here's the thing. I, I, I've been getting together. Uh, I, I've been sort of seeing this uh, uh, one girl, which, of course, long-time listeners know that I've been talking about her for a while because she used to uh, say I, I would uh, ruin projects. But then by, by this point, she's starting to trust me. Um, and, and I'm and I'm actually helping her out but um, I'm realizing I I'm I don't I can't be as much help anymore and I don't want to let her down I, I'm hoping that she doesn't find out but I she, she's gonna find out I mean as as my, as Graham Capone always says you can try to keep your penguins hidden but people are gonna start noticing that something's eating their fish and <laughs> sorry, I, we're not here to listen to me prattle on and on. Uh, you know, here at Chester's Groove Station, we only play uh, the hits. Uh, so, of course, I, I hope that you now enjoy this next uh, song, which is, of course, Jump Around by uh, House of Pain. Uh, I, I will uh, once again apologize for this recording. I recorded this when I was at the arena, and it was playing in between uh, plays. Uh, and so it's only about 25 <laughs> seconds of it. Uh, but it, they don't play the song on the radio anymore, so I can't get a hold of it. Um, but this is coming to the end of, of my show. I hope you enjoy the song coming up. And, and, and until next time, ciao for now. I think Nick hits the, the stop button and just sort of pops the tape back out. Ang- Angus, the, he he gave you this? Like, Chester gave you this to listen to and share? I mean, it was in my bag when I was packing up, but maybe it, it was in with some of my stuff or something, and, and I accidentally grabbed it. I don't uh. think that was for me. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't think we were supposed to listen to that. That char- charming as it was, that had that had diary vibes, and I I pulled Symphony's pigtails pretty hard when she was going through my diary. I had no idea all of his big things were so connected to the Turbodendron nectar. Yeah, he's he seems like he's going through a lot. We should um definitely tell him we listened to this, Angus. And she sort of like gives him a bit of a scolding look. I thought it was gonna be like a fun. Yeah, we'll tell him. Sorry, I feel weird now. It is it is very funny and sweet that he does this. I like to think of him just sitting alone in his room, recording the radio. Right? It's very funny! Do you think he'll ever understand the irony of making his broadcast all about his time inside of a pod? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even huh. thought of that, yeah. Man, that was <laughs> a weird day. I was in that pod, too. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And Angus takes Lake's hand. And I think we'll uh, we'll leave that there. Presumably, Angus does eventually fess up to Chester, and I imagine that after a uh, an initial moment of betrayal, Chester's biggest concern is probably uh, getting feedback and notes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I imagine this is the first time he's had an audience for Chester's Groove Station, and he's very <laughs> eager to know how it went over. Angus will have no notes. <laughs> <laughs>